And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of your We Are Mead podcast with Dave Yersman and Mickey Brown. Lots to get through on this uh, episode and um, I suppose the intermediate All-Ireland club final was on. We had Mead taking on Roscommon, the Hurlers were out, the Camogues were out and um, the clubs were all in action as well this weekend and of course um, we will be going to our lots and in our Instagram interactive. I suppose there's only one place to start, Dave Yersman, um, biggest game of the weekend uh, if you're from Trim. And it was, of course, the All-Ireland Final, um, the Intermediate Club All-Ireland Final. Trim going for 21 wins in a row. And I suppose the final score was 3-14 to 2-5. I don't think that's a fair reflection on this Trim side. It was just one of those days at the office for Trim where nothing went right, Davy. No, and, and pitted with, I suppose, a few... Let's call them soft referee and decisions as well. I, I don't think the referee could absolutely take the brunt for what happened or anything like that. But I did think that there was a few decisions, particularly in the second half, which I, I thought were kind of soft enough. I thought the black cartel and Douglas was scandalous. Um, and that was on following the concession of the penalty by Kieran Caulfield for a foul as such on the um, Steelstown man. I look back and in, my initial thoughts was great tackle. And looking back on it, he puts his hand marginally on the back of the Steelstown attacker, then gets his other hand in, slaps the ball away. Of course, the attacker goes down under the pressure, penalty given. Alan Douglas voices his discontent to the referee. He gets a black card, off he goes. Um, I even thought the, the red card to the Steelstown man was incredibly harsh. I thought it was a yellow, it was a high challenge. I didn't think it merited the red card. But that's not to take away from what they did as well. They were outstanding on the day. We thought Trim were a fit team, and you look at them, they were absolutely incredible. They would go bloody close to winning the Mead Senior Championship, and I, I genuinely mean that now. But Trim, as you mentioned, it wasn't their finest hour. We've been watching them uh, all year round, 20 wins on the spin, playing some extremely nice football and it just didn't happen for them they had a great start to the game I think 1-1 to no score up but they just couldn't kick on from that and unfortunately for them um, it, they just unfortunately picked a bad day to have their off day in All-Ireland final yeah. but it, it's a great experience for them and one which they learned so much from going into their first year in senior football for what first time in 10 or 12 years yeah yeah absolutely look come here you can't take a ribbon steel soon they were excellent as well but I did feel that in the last 25 minutes, um, after the sending off and the penalty and everything like that, I thought that Trim owned possession of the ball. Okay, then Steelstown had an, a few really nice counter-attacks, but I suppose it was made easy for them by the fact that they were so far ahead that Trim were committing bodies forward. Um, I thought that the referee called them for over-carrying a few times as well. Like, and, and, I, and they showed the replays, and I was counting the steps, and I was like, five? Like, is he that good at counting the steps? Like, you know, five maybe, um, five steps and whatever. But, um, you know, I thought that maybe Trim tried to force the goals. With 20 minutes to go, they were trying to force goals and whatever. Yes, they were well behind. But I thought that the amount of chances that they created, if they look back on it and say, well, if we kicked six of them over the bar, we were back to within three points or whatever of uh, Steelstown. But look, Steelstown were classed the penalty absolutely oh. McMonagall, I think it was <laughs> in the stanchion like it, all the goals in fairness were class even um, was it Owen O'Connor or Mike I think it was Owen O'Connor's soccer style goal yeah what a finish ah um, oh, brilliant absolutely brilliant um, just so disappointed for them they, um, as in maybe they mightn't have won the game 
But I think they are way better than they showed. And they could have been an awful lot closer to Steelstown in the closing stages of that game. Um, and, yeah, uh, wh- wh- what a run it's been. And, unfortunately, second mid-team in, what, six, seven years to get to an All-Ireland Intermediate final and to lose out on the final day. Yeah, and do you know what I, I loved, actually, was seeing Kieran Joyce and Owen McGrath, two of the stalwarts and evergreen players for Trim, who have ensured so much heartache down through the years playing football for Trim, getting onto the pitch for the final few minutes and and sort of savouring, OK, it was a defeat and all, but the likelihood is they might never, they, they, they probably won't get the opportunity to do that again. Um, it's a once-in-a-lifetime sort of opportunity for a club team or club player to do and and that itself was a great sort of feat for for those fellas. Um, yeah, look at it, it just wasn't to be. Another moment was that um, that that moment where uh, Connor Quigley uh, looked up, uh, sort of in sequence with Ben McCarran to the big screen, and Ben McCarran was just after being awarded the man of the match, and it obviously popped up in the big screen, and he had a big smile on his face, and um, Connor Quigley just sort of he kind of smiles, smirked at, at Ben as well and kind of winked at him as much as to say, well done, you deserved it. He was fantastic on the day, but yeah. I, I just thought that was a lovely sort of act of sportsmanship behind it all. It's it's just a game, really. Yeah, when the whistle goes at the end, you know, it's time to shake hands and, 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 and you know, um, show your your respect for your, your opposition. It's similar to boxing, you know, at the end of it, they've kicked... 10 colours of shite out of each other after 12 rounds or whatever it is, they go over and they shake hands and hug each other, you know, like it's it's a mutual respect and I suppose the lads from Trim, they won't take it away from Steelstown. Steelstown were deserving winners on the day and Trim can hold their head up high and say what a year it's been and yes, they'll be disappointed with their final performance in, uh, in Crow Park, but, you know, they have bigger competitions to play in. They'll be playing senior championship in Mead this coming year. Um, you know, and who knows, they might even be playing in the Fesh Cup during the week, Davy. <laughs> back down to reality with a bang. <laughs> I'd say back up, back up to reality. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Well, look at you. Yeah, absolutely. Life goes on at the end of the day. They are going into to a first year in senior. They're going to enjoy tonight. They're probably going to enjoy tomorrow night. They might even enjoy Tuesday night. And, do you know what? Good luck to them if they do. But next weekend, I'd imagine it's it's going to be back down to brass tacks and a cup game. Um, and and I was thinking about this only a couple of weeks ago. What way maybe Kevin will approach it? Because they've they're a little bit different to most club teams in Mead at the minute, where most club teams in Mead are starting to play games and trying to get fit, whereas Trim are to their optimum level of fitness. They're match sharp as sharp as they could possibly be. But for them, it's to try and keep a freshness about it. They're going to lose lads now to county panels, to 20 senior footballers, senior hurlers. That's going to present a different uh, sort of obstacle for Kevin, which maybe he hasn't had up until this point. Um, And my sort of view on it would be just play the games. You know, train, okay, to, to stay sharp, but don't. They don't need to be kind of killing themselves training. Just play the games and, and get yourself taken over until the end of the league rolls around and they can go again for championship um, or even take a couple of weeks off. They deserve it. Yeah, and, and great chance for for, for Kevin and the the, 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 the the squad to get a chance. As you said, lots of players going to be involved with uh, county panels of different types. So it'll give a chance for a lot of players to get some game time in at senior level and you know give Kevin food for thought before the league starts in March and whatever. So, um, yeah, um, look, they're the pride of the county, um, and don't let this one game take that away from his lads. We're so proud of you. Um, it's been a hell of a year following you. Like 20 wins on the spin. It, it, it had to come to an end at some stage, um, you know, and it's just unfortunate that it, it came at the hands of Steve. Just like Steve. The Undertaker. Yeah, just like The Undertaker is right. Um, but look, well done to Trim. It's not commiserated. Well done on a Fantastic, fantastic year. Um, Davey, we'll move on now to the um, Alliance Football League Division 2, round two game between Mead and Roscommon in Park Tolchin on Sunday. Um, Mead won 11, Roscommon won 15. 112 to 1-3, 112 to 3 points, was it? Or 112 to 1-3 at half time. Uh, yeah, 112 to 1-3 at half time, nine point deficit. 
and a really improved second half performance by Mead. But it was just that middle third, seven, last 10 minutes of the first half, first 10, 15 minutes of the second half, that were, were, was the, the difference between the two teams. Yeah, it screamed of Dublin last year in the championship and it screamed of Galway last week in Salt Hill. Very similar in the way in which the game went. Uh, gave ourselves way too much to do at half time. Came out fighting then, um, albeit 10 or 15 minutes into the second half, but it was just too late. Gave ourselves too much to do and ran out of time. Um, <clears throat> there's loads of pride and there's loads of spirit in this Mead team, but we just probably lack a little bit of consistency across 70 minutes. And that's what's sort of separating us from the, the next bracket of teams above us, i.e. Ross Common and Galway, as we've seen in recent weeks. They're able to play consistently through a 70 minutes. They're able to get scores at times where they're not on top. They're able to sort of nullify teams where they're at, the opposition are on top. We sort of need to learn to get to that stage and, and not play ugly or anything like that, but just be a little bit more cuter um, when those scenarios arise. And hopefully this sort of harsh learning curve over the last two weeks will, will stand to me going forward for the rest of the league and championship. Yeah, um, 100%. I, I hear exactly what you're saying, but I suppose that's hard to get that consistency when you don't even know what your starting lineup is going to be the morning <coughs> of a game. And me, Andy McIntyre was making a few changes to the starting lineup, but was forced into a few more changes. When you take into the fact that Conor McGill... Roland Jones and Brian Menton are out at the moment. Then you've got, you, you get hit with COVID on the morning of the game. The Friday night of training before the game, three more lads or two or three more lads get injured and you're down to a depleted squad. It's hard to get maybe consistency then um, if you're not consistently able to pick your best panel or your best team. Not taking away from any of the players that went in there. No, I... I wholeheartedly agree with that because you know yourself you've been involved in club teams and county teams whereby the Thursday or the Friday night before training they're not hectic sessions you're literally doing tactical pieces where you know it could be a 6v6 and it could be attacking versus defence and they're the six forwards you're supposed to be playing with on the Sunday or on the Saturday and that would be known at that stage do you know the team would be more or less picked at that stage with with the view to play probably playing on Sunday I have absolutely no doubt that on Thursday or Friday night Cahill Aki and Shane Walsh were in the team they drop a cover the morning of the game Breen Conlon on the back of last weekend's game probably was pushing for inclusion as well he did a shoulder Friday night in training you're missing uh, Jones you're missing uh, McGill you're missing Mento you're missing Jack Flynn Bryony McMahon goes Killian O'Sullivan. Killian O'Sullivan didn't train for the week, so he's only a substitute on on Sunday. He's, you know, you talked about a player having a big game last week, and you mentioned him. We didn't even have him from the start to do that. Um, So very difficult in that sense to get a little bit of, I suppose, consistency in selection, but also chemistry between the start and six forwards or backs. And when you look at Roscommon, they had complete sort of solidarity. I actually was chatting to, to a couple of the lads up on the press box from Roscommon and I was talking about the lads from Porrick Pierce's that have to come back into it as well. And they were saying, yeah, but they were never going to come back. Regardless of if they were back in, they were never going to come back into the team for the meet game on Sunday because they beat Cork by six points last week. So you couldn't change that team. So they have that consistency. And when you look at the scores that Roscommon equated across the 70 plus minutes, the, the sort of training ground moves between the Smiths and Connor Cox, um, they, they, they were pre-orchestrated, you know what I mean? And you could see the sort of chemistry and synergy that they have between each other. And I've no doubt Mead will get there, but Mead need a consistent sort of um, selection if they're, if they're to achieve that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, um, Trimmer finished now. Um, and do you think we'll see some players from the trim side of things being called in to bolster this mead panel i i do i think at the minute in particular we need a little bit of help in the middle thirds um we don't have a recognized sort of natural midfielder okay ethan vine park Harnan are doing the utmost there and they're doing all right at it but I do think Rob Burke is is possibly a player that could be looked at um, defensively. Luke Moran, uh, the fullback, has probably been the standout player from that fullback line in trim all year round. I think Connor Quigley's equipped himself brilliantly yeah. well as well. 
Um, and then in the forwards, you know, you, you kind of mention Aaron Lynch every time you talk about Trim, he'd be a player that needs to be looked at, I feel. And I think Kira Caulfield, if it's too soon now, he'll, he will re- likely revert back to the 20s and he will be a future Mead player. But there is definitely four or five in there, Mickey, for sure. Yeah, next up for Mead is down. Um, they visit uh, Park Tolchin in two weeks' time. Massive game for both teams, Davey. Both of them sitting uh, at the bottom of the table and joint bottom, um, let's just say, um, with zero points joined there by Offaly. Um, Cork above them at one point and Clare on three points. You've already mentioned Roscommon, Galway and Derry with full points at the top of the table. But, you know, this is... the. I suppose you, you, you have... You're looking forward with, you know, more hope, I suppose, after the second-half performance against Roscommon. And you're looking at the down game saying, right, this is the start of, you know, a winning... Uh, a, a run of wins that we could put together. Now, it's not going to be easy because Down are going to be thinking the exact same thing about Mead. I think it has to be, Mickey. Absolutely. I think we're at the stage now uh, where we're, we're not from two. We have the two toughest games on paper out of the way. But we, we did say, now that was with our promotion glasses on three weeks ago, that we needed a win from the two games if we we're to remain in promotion territory. At the moment, we have to be realistic and we have to say, we're more worried about getting embroiled in a relegation scrap and staying well away from that. And in order to do that, a win against Down in two weeks' time in Navan is of paramount importance to me. Um, with the permit, or sorry, with the ramifications, as you put it, with the Talta Cup coming into play this year. And if you're not in Division One or Two, you're in big trouble unless you get to a provincial final, which you know you could beat Dublin in the semi-final and or whatever it is. And and that's you. You're in the second tier competition. And I know. Y- you are where you are if you deserve to be there but for a county like Mead with the tradition and pride and history that we have that would be a hammer blow for us from the start of the year looking to get into Division 1 to end in, the, in Division 3 and in the Talta Cup it would be unthinkable but thankfully we have it in our own hands we have down coming to town next and we have an opportunity of getting a win and possibly going on a run thereafter Yeah, you have to be thinking though still um, that there's a chance of promotion five wins in a row 10 points, you know, you're giving yourself the best opportunity and Derry, Galway, Roscommon, they all have to play each other, there's players, teams going to be losing points and then it could come down to your last game against Derry that if you got the win like, yes, you don't want to be embroiled in relegation, but you still have to have because it's mathematically possible, you know you still have to have that belief that we can still get promoted yes, we've lost two games but we have to go and win the next five yeah, yeah, very much so. And I do think one win will make all the difference for this main team. I think uh, the belief, confidence, morale it would give them. Um, and I do think the two-week break is actually coming at a good time as well because of the, the lads dropping with COVID and the few niggly injuries we have. The long-term absentees aren't likely to return, but it, it would be good to get fellas back and, and sort of pushing again and give Andy and the management team a little bit of sort of food for thought because at the minute we're, we're down to the bare bones and... It's it's not a nice place to be, but fingers crossed by two weeks' time, those will have healed and, and me can uh, can be a little bit stronger than we have been. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to hear a full review of the game and an interview with Andy McEntee after the game, head on over to our Loyal Royals podcast on uh, Patreon forward slash We Are Mead and you will be able to get that uh, full review of the game there. And, um, of course, we look forward to the down game in that one as well. Um, David, we'll move on now to the hurlers and... Um, you know, speaking of big games, uh, this is one that we said was a huge game for the Mead Hurlers and um, they were taking on Kildare in Newbridge on Sunday at 2pm and they came away with the victory here. It was one of the games they would have had earmarked. 18 points to 15, three-point win um, and while I suppose, while it's still a win, we would have liked to have seen a bit more and maybe because Kildare will be probably perceived to be the whipping boys of this um, league division uh, 2A um, it's still a win and it puts us joint top of the table with Westmead Mead and Down our next game up is against Down I believe and you know that's we, we did say that the first two games will be crucial for this hurl, for this group of hurlers because if they can get the first two wins they're looking up instead of looking back and looking down because that's the way it's been for the last few years is that we've been looking for results at the end of the league to stay up Whereas if we can get the two wins in the first two games, it gives us that free hit against Westmead in the third game. 
you know what? You're, you're spot on. You, you absolutely nailed it. But I, I wouldn't be at all worried about what went on or the performances or anything like that. To me, this was probably one of the biggest games that Mead will, will play this year. I genuinely mean that. And to go to Newbridge uh, against the Kildare side, who I actually don't think will be with them, I think they'll give a decent account of themselves. They have the Nays fellas to come back as well into it. They'll, they'll be an all right proposition for most, particularly in Newbridge. You know, they'll be a diff, t- tough nut to crack. For me to go there and get a result and, and get off to a winning start is just huge. Yeah. Um, particularly, I wasn't worried about it, but the, you took a couple of beatings in the Kyo Cup. And regardless of it being a pre-season, you always like to be competitive and you kind of think to yourself, Jesus, here we go again. On the back of what happened in the league last year, thankfully that didn't happen. Me, they were outstanding in the first half, you know, dominated, I think led by 13 points to five at halftime and had something like 11 first half wides as well. Um, and with the breeze at the backs in the second half, Kildare were always going to, you know, put serious pressure on Mead, and Mead had to defend incredibly well in that second half to sustain the barrage that was coming their way from the host. But did it well. James Kelly hit two great scores in the second half. Jack Regan ended up finishing with thirteen points, I think, Mickey, out of Mead's total of eighteen, which is savage shooting by by Jacksy. Um, it's a brilliant win. Down coming to town next week. Down had a nail biting win over Carlo. I think one point win was it? Um, yeah, on, on over Sunday. Carlo, like you know, that, that's good. But they're good in Ballycran and they're coming to, to Nathan next weekend. That is a massive game now for Mead and down, you know, in fairness. Um, Mead owed them one. They, they got two over Mead last year. So Nick and Nick and the lads will be buzzing for this. And let's hope there's a good crowd in, in Park Talton, I think, next uh, next weekend to cheer them on. It's a big, big game. Yeah, it's a massive, massive game. You know, uh, it will put a little bit of daylight between Mead and down if we can. And as we said, it gives them that massive... Uh, chance, you know, the free hit against Westmead the following week or two weeks later, whatever it is, um, uh, in in that league. But you know, to be sitting after two games would be absolutely brilliant if they could be sitting there with four points from two games, knowing that one more result or two more results would see them in the shake up, but one more result would definitely uh, see them well away from any relegation um, concerns or whatever. And you know, having played the best team in Westmead. Um, in the group that you consider to be the best team in the group um, would be absolutely brilliant. But look, it's all to be played for and we are looking forward to that. As I said, Westmead, Mead, down all um, uh, um, with wins on the weekend. Carlo, Kildare and Kerry all losing out. That Carlo one against Down is a is a massive result as well. So um, and, and Westmead putting Kerry to the sword as well. Um, really good. Look, there's plenty to be played for in there. And as you said, down next Sunday, uh, 2 p.m. in Park Tolchin. It's uh, it's going to be massive. And if there is, if you're not up to anything next weekend, and if there's a chance that you can get into Park Tolchin, get in because that's going to be an absolutely brilliant one. Uh, Davy, sticking with the sticks, and um, we're going over to the ladies. And the Camogues were out on Saturday in um, Ashburn, and they were taking on uh, a plucky Derry side. Uh, came away with the victory here, 3-8 to 3-5, trailing by three points at halftime, but turned that on its head in the second half and came away with the three-point uh, win. And, you know, Brendan Skeen would be just delighted to get away with um, the victory in the opening round league game. Yeah, that's what it's all about first weekend out, really, isn't it? And they're facing into a little bit of a break as well. And to go into that with a win to their name, with, uh, you know, a whole host of new faces in and amongst it, I think was great. Really hard day for for Hurling or for Camogie on Saturday in Ashburn. Um, that wind blowing from right to left uh, was was hazardous at times, and it favoured Derry in the first half. They made a very bright start, led by two two to a point. Mead came roaring back, hit one two without reply, um, to make it one three to two three at halftime. Started the second half, Derry stretched the lead to four, but Mead hit a purple patch then in the second half and, you know, a couple of goals from Anya McNerney and the debutante M. O'Connell set them on the way, 3-6 to 3-5 it was then, and a couple of insurance scores from Amy Gaffney and Jane Dolan got that crucial win and uh, starts me off on the right foot. Plenty of scope and room for improvement, Mickey, but, you know, it's always great to have that when you get a win in the bag. Absolutely, and, and you know, we, we, we've spoken um, about this Camogie team in our... Um, year preview um the county teams preview um earlier at the start of the year and we were saying you know what we need to see this year from the camogues is um uh, an in an influx of 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 youth and and, and so 
to bolster this team and to give them the strength and depth that they've been missing over the last couple of years. There's no doubt they've possessed absolutely quality uh, Camogie players um, and have been there or thereabouts, losing in the semi-final of the league last year, losing in the intermediate uh, championship last year, the semi-final as well. So the one thing that we were saying is that they need to just build a bigger panel. They probably just didn't have the numbers. It's a numbers game with the Camogie. And they seem to have unearthed you know, a few players that are definitely going to bolster this team. Yeah, the likes of Emma O'Connell, um, Sonia Leonard was very good at, at cornerback as well. Uh, Emma Regan at corner forward too. And some of the players who maybe were fringe players in recent years really trying to establish themselves now as household names. Anya McNerney, one such player who hit 2-2 from play at corner forward. She's going to be a difficult one to shift from that position. Um, and then some of the more experienced players, you know, just carrying on, aren't they? The likes of Jane Dolan and, and Claire Coffey. Um, and a really good, strong midfield partnership in Grace Coleman and Aoife Minogue. I thought they complemented each other really, really well. Aoife Minogue normally plays in the 40, normally accounts for a large proportion of need scores, but she worked incredibly hard, won great ball and set up countless amount of attack. She was excellent. Yeah, absolutely brilliant from the commodes. And Brendan Skeen has a three-week break now before their next outing when they will travel down to Wexford um, on the 26th of February. The, um, the pitch to be confirmed, um, the venue to be confirmed for that one just yet. We did see conflicting dates. We did see the 19th of February, but on the official website, it said the 26th of February. And again, we've done a full review of that game over on our Loyal Royals podcast with interviews with Amy Gaffney and the aforementioned uh, Anya McInerney after scoring 2-2, and of course, the manager, Brendan Skeen, um, after the game. So um, head on over to our Loyal Royals podcast for that one. It's uh, Patreon forward slash We Are Mead uh, to get those interviews and reviews and all those extra podcasts that we put over on our Loyal Royals um, service. Um, Davey, I suppose we were going to do a cup roundup um, but we're finding it difficult to get all of the results from the Cups um, from the weekend. We previewed these last week on our Loyal Royals podcast and we gave our predictions for all these games. And as it is, I suppose, at this time of the year, um, and I suppose as it is with all of our predictions, to be honest with you, um, we got them out of <laughs> <laughs> Well, the only thing was there wasn't too many draws. So um, the, the yeah. games where we conflicted, at least one of us got them right, Mickey. But uh, one one result that probably sticks out from uh, Friday night was in the Talta Cup where Sidden and uh, Ballinlock, two of the newly relegated sides from Intermediate, clashed. And it was Sidden who recorded a mammoth victory over uh, Ballinlock, 4-13 to 2-5. Ballinlock short a couple of players, lads away with me, the under-20s and stuff like that. But take nothing away from that, Sidden flying early in the season, new manager at the helm there as well. Um, also in the Talted Shield, St Mary's recorded a facile victory over Clannard, 3-13 to 2 Two um, in the Talton Cup. Uh, I'm claiming this one, Mickey Minolti 3 8, uh, Sedultans 3 5. Um, sounds like a decent game there. Minolti have started the season well. I know they've played a couple of challenge matches, they've, they've tried to hit the ground running and you know kick on from what they did last year. Um, another couple of games taking place then on Friday night in the Cornabonia. I have to give you this one a uh, crazy game uh, between <laughs> Waterstown and. Uh, did Shockland and finished Waterstown 5-9. A managerless Waterstown 5-9. Yeah. Did Shockland 3-7. Martin O'Connell handing in his uh, resignation last week before the game. Disappointed to hear that because we talked only last week on the preview about all the work that they've been doing, the progress that they've been making. And look, at he's leaving them in a good place, which is great. But, you know, from a neutral's perspective, you'd love to see him carrying on with what he's doing. But I said, that's a great win for them. Um, albeit against a depleted enough on chocolate side, but ah, stop it now! You're you're, you're looking for um, excuses here, Davy. Look, you, you, I I had to go back and listen to the podcast just to make sure. And you know, you said no, the chocolate win here, and I said, Do you know what, Davy? I'm gonna go against you. I just, you know, I'm gonna go for a Waterstone win here. They've they've uh, they'll 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 be up for this one anyway, and whatever. But yeah, getting back to the the big talking point from that is that um, Martin O'Connell is gone and I'm really really disappointed for Waterstown and for Martin O'Connell that it has come to that that Martin has stepped away um, and at such a crucial part of this season like the very very beginning when um, you know you'd expect 
everybody to be up and raring to go and whatever for whatever reasons Martin has stepped away and I know that I know Martin well and a lot of people would know the type of man he is he wouldn't have made that decision lightly Davy. No and, and like he's he's not a fella that's going to hang around and you know if he sees something that he doesn't like or if he, he doesn't get the right feel for it he's not just going to hang around for the sake of it and he might feel that possibly a change is needed and someone else can come in and bring a bit of freshness and possibly it had gone stale um, but but what a job he's done and obviously that Cornabonia success of last year from the year previous you know will, will obviously stand out and they were the closest team up until Steelstown um, to, to get to trim as well. So that's something maybe that they could take as well. It was a few championship apart from St. Pat's. <laughs> yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, there was also a game in the Fesh Cup on uh, Friday night. These are the results that we do have. Obviously, the server was down on the main website, so we're just going with what we have. But St. Colm Kills, as expected, uh, opening up with a six-point win over Town in the Fesh Cup. It finished 112 to St. Colm Kills. 1-6 to Senchtown on the night. So a good win there for Sean Kelly and Sean Barry. Off to a winning start there. There was a whole host of games then on Sunday. Um, and another game which I think we both called was Kilmainham. Or did you pick Longwood, Mickey? No, I think I went for Kilmainham in that one as well, yeah. Where Solid enough. By... Bolster by a certain Mickey Newman. 3-11 to 1-7 they defeated Longwood, who we did speculate with Queeven King there late sort of appointment maybe they're just a little bit behind in terms of work. And if I remember correctly when I was picking Kilmainham to win that I did say that the, the Longwood lads they might be missing a good few players due to Hurland and then you put me right and says no they'll only be missing one or two says, well, which they would have been yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I stuck with Kilmainham anyway. um, big win for Rotot there we thought this one would be close between Rotot and Avon and Matney's whole host of you players. did no, we both thought it'd be close. You went for a, an O'Matney's yes, win. Yes, but we thought it would be close. <laughs> I didn't. You're not even listening to me. One twelve to a total. Five points to Navin O'Matney's. A 10-point mauling from the former senior champions over Navin O'Matney's. That's a bit of a statement of intent from uh, David Brady's men. And uh, another one that we thought would be close, but ultimately you picked the wrong team, was uh, Balnebracki and uh, St. Yes. Peter's the Boy. Uh, it finished as uh, St. Peter's the Boy in 1-8, Balnebracki 9 points, 2-point win there for uh, St. Peter's the Boy in Narnia. Uh, in the Cornabonia, St. Michael's, there's another one that you got wrong, 1-7, Beliver 6 points uh, over in Beliver in a ferry, I think it was played in the bog in Beliver, that one. Um, <laughs> but, but a win for Trevor Bannon, he won't mind where it was played. This was one of the standout results from the first weekend of Fesh Cup action. In Summerhill, under the stewardship of Conor Gillespie, Summerhill won seven. Dunn Rashburn five fourteen. Yeah, that that was and 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 I this is the the game that I think we both went for a Summerhill win here. And I said, you know, there's no doubt in how good um Dunbar Ashburn can be, but are they going to be that good at the start of the year when they go over to Summerhill and Conor Gillespie over? Uh, uh, Summerhill, you know, I just thought that this was all set up for a Conor Gillespie, um, you know, win, but that's a hell of a hell of a result for um, uh, Dunmore Ashburn. Maybe, maybe this will be their year, Davy Risman. Could, could well be, Mickey. Um, there's we'll come to one result in a minute. I've got your own Simonstown Gales, you were probably going to crank me on this, but Simonstown, as predicted by both of us, did just about get the better of Nafina on Friday night in a entertaining looking game it finished Simonstown 113 Nafina 112 a solitary point victory there for your own Simonstown Gales making it off to a winning start yeah um, good performance all around I believe um, you know I think they led maybe by 5 or 6 and let uh, Nafina back into it but then they got ahead again and it was tit for tat in the closing stages but uh, they'll be very happy I looked at the starting lineup as well I wasn't able to make it out I had the kids here on Friday night so I wasn't able to make it out to Simonstown but uh yeah, it was an interesting lineup, and um, you know they're missing they're missing a few players at the moment. Paul McKeever and um, Sean Tobin being two of the big names that they're missing all right at the moment. Breen Conlon, of course, as well. Nafina missing a couple of players as well. But both teams would be happy with that run out. David, there is one big, big, big result that I'm wondering are you going to get to? Well, we will in time. I'm still plucking away at Twitter and trying to get some different results. Gail Columkill under the stewardship of Luke Dempsey, opening up with a comfortable victory as we expected over a somewhat depleted Curaha side. It finished Gail Columkill 1-11. 
Curraha five points. Another eye-catching result. This one came from the Cornabonia. I don't know, did you cast an eye on this, Mickey? But uh, Drumbara under the stewardship yeah, of the Bronze Adonis. Davy Rice, what a victory for them over last year's beaten intermediate finalist, Old Castle. Drobara 2 8, Old Castle 5 points, and yeah. absolute drubbing of mama proportions there. Nine point victory for Drumbara. I had to like go through all of the tweets from Drumbara and from Old Castle to see if somebody had made a mistake and put the scores the wrong way around. Uh, that's a that's, hell of a that, win. Yeah. I was going to say that's disrespectful to them, but I, no, I probably no, no, would have no, done the like, same. I, I mean, like, I, I, I don't mean to be, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just saying that, like, you know, you would have expected, if you saw that result coming up and you saw the scoreline and someone said, put put Oldcastle and uh, Drumbara into, in beside each of those scores, you would have said Oldcastle. But that's a hell of an opening round uh, game for, for, for Drumbara and the Bronze Um, You know... I, I, is there going to be a hangover from 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 Oldcastle this year? I wonder after their exploits last year. I know that a few lads away uh, skiing during the week, so possibly there was a hangover of some description there. <laughs> um, but, and obviously Scully away with County Judy, they'll be fine. I I do think it's probably a bit of a wake up call for them, but they'll be all right. The last result, I'll save the best to last, Mickey. Um, and it was the battle of the Becks, um, between. Delique Bellewstown and St. Vincent's refereed. And the reason I'll, I'll reveal the reason I'm telling you the referee in a minute, but the referee was our own, uh, our, our own, our good friend, Robert <laughs> Burfield. Um, he feels like our own. St. Vincent's three points. Delique Bellewstown, three points. Do not adjust your headsets. You are really listening to this. Three points apiece it finished. Um, I, I put up a tweet after this and I says... This game must have been played in the Becks because that's the only <laughs> sort of explanation for this. <laughs> finished three three. They 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 ended up. It was so windy. They says, "Look, we'll play ground football. We'll play soccer." And it ended up three three. And like, there's been score lines in soccer that have been four four and five five. <laughs> but like three three, my God, it was three two at half time to Delik, I think. So there was one score in the second half. One point. And I, I'm reliably informed that uh, Vincent's got a score with time almost up. Um, and instead of querying what was left or anything like that, they decided to kick the ball 40 yards back <laughs> and just hold out the possession. I think the whistle was blown or something like that. So it finished three points apiece and I'm sure they went for a few points in the backs and they'll, they'll meet again. <laughs> was there any red cards? That's the question. I have no idea. You make it back on to Robert Perfield to find out what happened. Uh, who said I was talking to Robert in the first place? <laughs> uh, three points apiece. That is absolutely incredible stuff. I believe there's a lot of defenders from both teams being called into the county panel. <laughs> Do you know the way when some, some weird results happen, there's like the, 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 the bookies investigate the results or something like that. There could be something like this after this because... I, I just love to have seen it. I think there was loads of handling errors. It was horrible conditions and everything like that. And we know Vincent's at the best of times are quite defensive. Um, but but that's just taking the, the piss altogether, really. It wouldn't be the first time that Bellius Town was investigated for um for for for, for <laughs> irregularities. I'm not irregularities, I'm not yeah. on about the football. I know I know what you're getting at. Um, so there's great stories about Bellius Town races down through the years. Um, and so there is that story of uh, uh, your man who pulled off Barney the greatest Curley, scam. Yeah. Barney Curley, who pulled off the greatest scam. Yeah, it was a hell of a weekend. Davey, I didn't hear a court turn result there. Um, your game was called off on the weekend. Yeah, shame. Uh, we were all braced and ready for it, but there was savage rain on uh, Saturday, so Kilmaine Mud was unplayable as of Saturday night, and as it turned out, so was Courtown. So that game will have to be refixed. St. Paul's have pulled out of the Talton Shield, so they gave... Uh, Drum Condrit uh, walkover. So basically, it's Drum Condrit, Kilmainwood, and Corton vying for the two positions out of that. So it'll be an interesting trio from that to, to go forward. Sorry, there was also a big win for St. Bridget's against Slane. I don't have the yes. score like to hand, but it was a huge victory there for the Ballinacree men over Slane. Bit of an eye catcher as well. Yeah, I was following that one this morning and uh, <laughs> some brilliant tweets from the, um, the St. Bridget's. Social media, PROs. PRO, or whatever, because uh, you know he apologized a couple of times for the fact that his hands were so cold he wasn't able to give updates and whatever. And 
Um, yeah, I'm just going in there to have a look and see if I could see them. But there was, abs- there was some absolutely brilliant ones from him, Davey. Did you see them? Yeah, that's Alan Moore and Ellen uh, Blake. Two of them are sharing the PRO duties this year too. Good characters, and you should get plenty of good tweets from the Ballina Cream men throughout the course of the year, Mickey. Yeah, I'm just looking down to, to not a bad start to the year. Um, sports star Luke replying, uh, Dillo, poor Dill got leveled in the first half and just hasn't been the same since. <laughs> you know, just uh, absolutely brilliant quality stuff there um, from, from the St. Bridget's PRO or whoever it is that's doing the Twitter. Um, it's one to follow if you don't already. Follow it, absolutely great stuff. Um, Davey, I'm just wondering, did we get any more of the results in there? We were hoping to maybe get some more of them in. I think that's all we have for the moment, unfortunately, Mick. Okay, no bother at all. Well, look, um, as we said, the server is down with the Mead GA page and their website, so we're not able to get all of the results up there at the moment. We're going to move on now, Davey. Um, is it time to do the GA predictions, or will we just push on and we'll come back to the GA? Yeah, we're both kind of leaving that a little bit longer than we wanted to. But we're going to go on to the Lottos, Davey Rispin. And uh, have the PROs been in contact with you? They have, Mickey. Um, yeah, the the Lottos are going strong. And there was actually a couple of uh, jackpot scoops in the last week as well. So uh, great to see some finally some movement in that respect because uh, some of them have been dragging on for quite some time now. But um, the first one up is from Drumbara. And this literally came in as we, I think, nearly finished up last week. They had a jackpot winner. Um, Six and a half thousand euro going to Liam Ward from Drumbara. The numbers drawn were 6, 9, 17 and 28, which were indeed Limbo's numbers. And uh, he collects that great prize um, with a little help from Skinner and Gary, says David McManus. They start again next week at €1,000. Manalvi GFC, for the second time in like four weeks, I think, their jackpot has indeed been won as well. Um, Louise Smith this time, she's an online winner, €8,900, not bad. That was the reserve which was building up. Um, 10, 12, 18 and 19 were the numbers drawn there. Uh, they also had three 20 euro winners who were Brian Elliott, Audrey Bannon, and Claire Doherty. The next draw is Monday the 7th. Some difference. They've given away something like 19,000 possibly in the last four weeks. Next week's jackpot, 500 euro. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be absolutely sick if you won it next week. It'll probably be us two, Egypt's Mickey. Um, but anyway, not, needless to say, you can play that one on the Club Force app or on Manalbi GFC. Um, so Column Kills in week 728 of their lotto. Wow. Um, the numbers drawn were 11, 23, 24, and 27. No jackpot winner. 50 euro winners are Brian Emmett, who was online from Mornington, and Tracy McCabe from Laytown. Uh, it moves on to 9,100 euro next week, and you can play that one on uh, Clubify, on the Clubify app. Castletown, 1, 3, 6, and 21 was the... Numbers drawn, it was a 1,100 euro jackpot, which was not one. The 30 euro lucky dip winners were Dara Guinnessy, Donna Ross, Louise O'Connor, the McMahon family, and Connor, Killian, and Kayla Price. So congratulations to all of those. My own Cortez GFC 7,800 euro jackpot from last Friday night was not one. 21, 25, 30, and 32, all high numbers. Um, the 520 euro winners were Anya Henry, Charlie Hogan, Elaine Collier, Fiona O'Reilly, and Ashlyn Larkin. The jersey winner went to Anne Farnan, and we go again next Friday night with 7,900 euro at cortemga.com forward slash lotto. Oldcastle is at 12,000 still, and it takes place next Wednesday night. You can play that one on Club Force. Gail Column Kill, um, the draw from last Thursday night, 12,000 euro jackpot was not won again. 8, 27, 29, and 30 were the numbers drawn. Um, they had one match three winner who collects 150 euro, and I think the name is Cormac Dignan. And it's 12,000 euro again, as I said. The final one on my list, Mickey, is from Navin Matneys. And the numbers drawn were 1, 9, 13, and 31. They had no jackpot winner of their 11,900 euro. It's fast becoming one of the biggest in the county, actually. Um, match three winners were, are as follows. Paul Casey, Declan O'Reilly, and Luke Flanagan. You Google Club Spot Navin Matneys, or you can download the app to play the lotto. Brilliant stuff. And uh, from Simonstown, Jelly in contact with me. The jackpot of 1,100 last week was not won. Uh, there was three match three winners, uh, Noel Linus, um, Elaine O'Hare, and Paddy Faulkner. 
four, eight, nine, and 19 with the numbers drawn. And then from Declan Kinsella at Sanchez-Town, letting us know that their um, jackpot is still 10,000 euro. It's been 10,000 euro for a while. This is one that we would like to win, Davey Rispin. Um, and you can do that on Smart Lotto, um, or you can go to any of their social media pages and you'll find the link there. Same with the Simonstown one. You can do it online. Go to any of their um, social media pages, you'll find the link, or go on to the Clubs app app, and you can do it there as well. So um, the next lotto jackpot is 1150 Of course, it was won only a matter of weeks ago. Um, Davey, uh, I think we will move on now and go to our Instagram interactive. I'm sure there's been plenty of interaction this week. There has indeed, Mickey, yeah, and we'll start it off with uh, Shane Riley, and he's really optimistic about uh, the remainder of the league campaign for Mead. He just said relegation battle for Mead. Mm, um, not yet, not yet. There's still plenty of time. Um, you know, does he, I'm of the belief that we played two of the best teams in that division, so um, you know we've got them out of the way, and we have to take the positives from it and move forward. Joe McQueenie said the five minutes before halftime killed us and uh, were their injuries with Killian, Hickey and Walsh. Well, Killian, you could say, yeah, he, he didn't train for the week and the two guys went down with COVID. So uh, that explains those. But the five minutes, as you said already, and, and then the five or 10, 15 minutes spell at the start of the second half was ultimately the undoing of us, Mickey. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, 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 we speak about that in depth over on our Loyal Royals podcast as well. And... Um, at 10 minutes before half time and the 10 minutes after uh, half time or 10 minutes before and after half time is was the undoing of Mead um against Roscommon. Yeah, Joe also wants to know about James O'Hare and Jack Flynn. Uh, are they both injured? Uh, I think they are. I seen them both at the game actually sitting together with all the, the injured. There's they were putting them in the yard corner. They'll need a bigger yard corner if the injuries keep going the way they're going, Mickey, because it was fairly packed with Mead lads. But hopefully, some of those will return in a couple of weeks' time. Fingers crossed. Were, were they all? Um, were they all wrapped in bubble wrap while they were in there? They should have just put a bit, yeah, big lid over the thing in case that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like the the, the the number of. I'd love to know what all these injuries are, and um, are they deep muscle injuries or what they are? Like they're all. Uh, are they all free uh, injuries um, or, or what it is? Mm. Um, Jack Walsh said, Jesus Christ himself, full back for Steelstown. I don't know, did you see him? <laughs> but he is an absolute dead ringer for Jesus. And uh, Dar Riley also said, full back, Jesus bringing the Intermediate Cup back to Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord Almighty. Yeah, um, did see him. Yeah, <laughs> incredible stuff. Uh, uh, Jack Nolan reckons me they were too timid. Uh, would you agree, Davy? You know, were they timid in that last ten minutes and opening ten minutes of the second half? Um, possibly at times in the first half there was definitely plenty of fight about them, uh, which was referenced by the the sort of uh, scuffle towards the end of the game. But possibly at times, yes, we maybe stood off and gave Roscommon a little bit too much respect. Arguably, so he could he could well be onto something there. Um, Ava Travers said the manager with the red card, in reference to Andy McAtee, obviously. Yeah, um, we spoke about that. That's uh, a row that spilled off the, uh, into the sideline. Look, we don't want to see Andy McAtee getting red cards, and there's an awful lot of frustration building up, and he doesn't do himself any favours by getting a red card, I suppose. Yeah. Eddie Kirby said the trim lads can hold their heads high, not easy to get there. No, absolutely not. Um, or absolutely, yeah, I agree with him, and, and not easy to get there. 100%. 20 wins on the spin. Like, When was the last time you heard a team doing that um, in, at any level, or in any county? Um, and they had an off day. There's no doubt about it. Yes, they come up against an unbelievable Steelstone team. But on a different day, Trim take all their chances. Um, and it's a much closer affair. And then it's up to Lady Luck in the final uh, few moments of the game. But it just, it just was one of those days. And 20 games on the spin for a win. And then... To have your 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 off day, and to have it the day of the biggest game of the year and in Crow Park is a disappointment for Trim. But by God, are we all proud of them? Yeah, uh, tell me too. He is wondering why did Robin Clark get a black? Davey, tell us about it. It was a strange one because we had possession, we had a sideline, and from that sideline, he the referee went across and gave Robin Clark a black card. 
I think it's for something he might have said to the linesman just before that. And it is something that I've noticed actually over the weekends, games that I've seen, that there is a bit of a crackdown by referees for verbal uh, verbals towards officials. And it, it happened to Alan Douglas then in the in the All-Ireland final then a few hours later for trim. So it is something that referees and officials are cracking down on. So players are going to have to watch out for that. Yeah, I'd say there was something, there was a meeting last week and they probably were all, you know, reminded that um, any verbal abuse to uh, any official is a black card. So they probably will be cracking down that in the next number of weeks. But again, you know, you can't be at it at the same time, you know. Um, So anyways... Evan Connor is wondering why uh, he just said Jack O'Connor two question marks when we need hard runs being made he's the man for it um, yeah no like I, Jack O'Connor is a player with huge potential um, don't know why he's not getting a chance um, he, he is someone I'd like to see maybe making those runs from 60 yards out and, and, and breaking lines you know I was watching Cavan um Obviously, at the same time as me, that was I was down commentating on that game on the radio, Davy, and it was something I was just thinking about a couple of minutes ago when we were saying that maybe me they were a bit too timid. There's a guy, um, I, I think everybody knows him at this stage, Thomas Galligan in the midfield for for Cavan, and he's a wrecking ball, and you know he's just a complete wrecking ball. And I'd love for me to have a player like that in the middle of the park or a player that just gets the ball and drives forward, and you know that when he's driving forward that he's not he's going to break a tackle or he's like he won't lose the ball in a tackle, you know, that kind of way. And he can just burst forward. And maybe, maybe Jack O'Connor could be that player for me. Yeah. Uh, despite the fact that it was a three-all uh, draw that Robert Perfield was refereeing on Sunday morning in our cat, he said it's great to have the club games back all the same. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like he had nothing to do. Um, his umpires probably, um, you know, were freezing. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe maybe there was a heap of wides and they were actually quite busy. You never know. Yeah, 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 true. We'll have to get more information on that game because that just sounds like a stinker. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next one has come in anonymously, Mickey, and uh, it says people should remember the players and management have family and uh, to take it easy on the abuse. These lads are given much more commitment than any of the critics. Exactly. Exactly, 100%. And, uh, you know, I spoke about it last week. I went on to social media after the game and I saw the people that were making comments about Andy McEntee and about the players and whatever. And I like, I was just looking going, you were sitting at home today. You weren't in Galway. Hoping that the worst yeah. happened. That's yeah. the worst. I hate that. Yeah, Andy and the players and whoever they're not immune to criticism and they'll be the first to admit that that when you know something doesn't happen right or go right for them they're, they're abuse absolutely is a different thing that's exactly what i was just going to say personal jibes and and you know um little fucking hits on on the players and management like that's crossing the line there's a, there's a difference between criticism and personal sort of abuse towards people and that's there's a fine line yeah um, Paddy Short says positive. We have a keeper. Well, that's like you know, that's that's one of the things I said earlier on as well to you, Davy, off air is that you know, Harry Hogan is making that jersey his own. Um, you know, he's had to fight to get in there ahead of Andy Colgan, kick two amazing frees for me, then into a, a gale force wind, and you know, he's pulling saves off week in, week out as well. and he is going to be the goalkeeper for me going forward by the looks of things. Yeah, he's a class act. Um, another class act of a goalkeeper is Flash Gordon, who was uh, between the sticks for Senchstown on Friday night. And uh, he is a little bit of a, a bugbearer, and this is probably fair. He says, older fans struggling to get into the game with no tickets being sold outside. Yeah, that's, that is that is disappointing. They're making them all go online and buy your ticket online and whatever. I suppose as well as that, um, yeah, it is difficult and it's disappointing and whatever for for our older people and whatever. But I suppose it just makes it a bit more. Um, uh, what's the word? I'm trying to think of the word. I'm trying to be diplomatic here. It just means that everything is a bit more official um, throughout the GAA. Streamlined, um, is it? Streamlined, and you know, it just means that there's no 
there can be no room for error or there will be no errors with tickets or, or, or money from tickets or anything like that, like going forward or whatever. So, yeah, um, I, I, but I hear, yeah, that I've, I've seen on social media a load of people putting up um, saying that, oh, Jimmy down the road is not able to get a ticket. Now, I don't mean just in Mead. This is across the, across the country. It's, it is a disappointing thing, all right. Yeah, Alan McCormick said Trim didn't play well and they were too loose. Steelstown tore them to shreds. Yeah, that's it. He's not from Ballinabracky, is he? He's not, actually, no. Okay, it's just, I, I just I just had a feeling that we might get Ballinabracky. The Ballinabracky lads might have come out of the woods um, now because they've been quiet for 20 games, it has to be said. Um, up until the start of last season, um, there was great jibes between Ballinabracky and Trim and then all of a sudden it went quiet. Ballinabracky have maybe been put back in their box for a little while and it'll be interesting to see how this year goes and will they start coming back in and making the jibes at each other before the championship uh, uh, draws are done later on in the year. Lucky to be working, David Ferris said, uh, Mead hurling all the way, lad. One out of one, footballers zero out of two. <laughs> he, in fairness to him, he was in Newbridge today representing the hurling and uh, he, he loves a win over the Kildare Hams, as he put it. Yeah, no, look, we, we're, we're delighted with that win. Um, we, we, we spoke about it earlier on. And, excuse me. <laughs> Whoa. Um, <laughs> it's not COVID, don't worry. Um, yeah, look, absolutely brilliant. And, you know, if they, what if they could go two from two next week, Davy, and then they could really put it up to the meat footballers then. Yeah, uh, Leo Weldon said, as with Dublin and Galway games, it's the 15 minutes up to half time that's killing us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and we've seen it numerous times. It's funny how we 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 do finish off the first half purely the last fifteen minutes or ten minutes of a game of the first half, but we finish the end of a game really strongly. So it's not a fitness thing. Hmm. So it's not because if we're able to do it in the final 10, 15 minutes of a game, there's no reason why we can't do it at the just before half time. So there's obviously something there. So they need to have some sort of a call, or they need to have some sort of a a ritual now that they need to change. Um, uh, change up for the final ten minutes of the of the first half. Davy, before you go on, I just you mentioned it there. Um, well, you mentioned something that I wanted to bring up. Dublin, um, Dublin zero from zero, from two games as well. And have they been? Have they fallen even further down the pecking order and been dragged way back into the pack? And does that mean that if we can get themselves organised and sorted before championship, that because I did think at the start of this year that this could be Mead's year to, to, to put it up to them in Leinster. I think you have absolutely merit to that. Um, I don't think, and this pains me to say it, that you can discount Kildare from the conversation either. Mm-hmm. Because to me, Kildare are a better side than Mead at this point in time. And they're not a whole million miles away from Dublin. In fact, I can't wait till they play each other in Division 1 of the Alliance League this year to see exactly where they're at. But... Uh, I watched the game on Saturday night and I, I actually thought they did all right in the first half, but they ended up, what, 12 points down at half time. Things didn't go their way um, with, with a couple of things. They had a great goal chance, which they somehow managed to butcher. Um, there was they, 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 That's the thing, is that like... They didn't go their way. Yeah, yeah. They, no, but they, 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 okay, they didn't go their way, but they're missing, they're missing uh, chances. They're coughing up ball... Um, Early, they're carrying ball into the tackle. Two years ago, we didn't see Dublin missing these chances. We didn't see Dublin carrying the ball into the tackle, and we didn't see Dublin making unforced errors. So, you know, while they while they're still a great team, don't get me wrong. Maybe they're a little bit more human now than than they have been for a few years. Yeah, I think they're probably coming back to the pack a little bit. I think they'll be still there thereabouts in terms of contending for all Irelands and stuff. But they're no by no means the side they were. You're right. So we'll, we'll look forward to seeing what happens with that. Sean Fitzgerald um, said Alan Douglas's black card, and I can only imagine that black card was um, in response to that ball that Sean Fitzgerald gave him in the second half of that game, which was chronic. So possibly he had every right to uh, produce some choice language. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and at a crucial time as well in the game to get to get that black card. But um, yeah, look... Um, Stunned. Frustration as well at that stage of the game. Uh, Brian Flynn said, time for a few bob to be spent on the stand and scoreboard. Uh, well, 
Yeah, is that not happening? <laughs> is that not in the pipeline? It's going um, on. Yeah, well, hopefully. Um, well, look, we will. Again, we're, we're going to be getting um, Seamus Kenny on to the podcast in the coming weeks. Um, and he's going to be giving us a full update on all of that stuff um, and the redevelopment of Park Talton. Yeah, Colin McAreevy also said, will there be a house raffle to get the scoreboard fixed? What was wrong with the scoreboard, Davey? Uh, just a glitch. It didn't work. Oh, just didn't work. So um, no scoreboard, uh, which was a bit of a disaster. So Kieran Flynn, the Mead PRO, had to update the supporters every 10 to 15 minutes with the score at every juncture was greeted by a massive cheer from the Roscommon faithful, which was slightly annoying. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Um, the next one is from Shane Magan, and going back to what we talked about, he said, Watersound beating Dunshockland with no manager. Yeah, um, hell of a win. One that I predicted, though, so, um, you know, it was fairly standard, Davey. Four parachutes, because you're great. <laughs> Connor Lynch said, Drumbara, that's all, and he has the, the finger to the mouth as much as to tell us two Egypts to shut up. Yeah, <laughs> don't know yeah. what we're talking about. He's, he's bloody well right. I just thought that, you know, Old Castle would... Kick Stop on making from... excuses. Stop. Just admit you're wrong and then move on. Be done with yeah, it. Got it wrong. Um, Fee O'Brien says Manalvi only scoring one point. This is another result. Wolf Tones 2-10. Manalvi, one point. That one point was scored in the final few minutes by who, Mickey Brennan? You tell me. Sean Duggan. Outside no way. 40, 40 yards he... out. Yeah, come on. Sean, Sean Duggan, 40 yards out with the outside of his left, I believe. <laughs> but um, yeah, not a great start for Manalvi. They take on Gail Colmkill next Friday. God help them. Yeah, they're looking forward to that one. Uh, next um, Friday evening, where is that game next Friday? I'm going to say be, it must be Manalvi because yeah. Yeah, there's no lights in Kells. And also, they were both. One was at home and one was away this weekend. So, um, great start for the tone. So, in fairness, we, we yep. didn't mention that. Um, Kieran McGrogan wants updates on injured players. <sighs> Andy didn't really. Start. Yeah, Andy Where didn't really know. He couldn't pinpoint any recoveries or any lads that are definitely going to be back or anything like that. But what we do know is the three long term absentees won't be back for down. And that's. That's all we know, I suppose, at this stage, isn't it? Yeah. Um, obviously, um, Killian O'Sullivan, we'd hope, would be back for the down game. Um, and the two lads that were out with uh, COVID, they should be back as well for the down game um, on the long-term injury list. But then there's the, there's the likes of Breen Conlon. Um, who else got injured on Friday night at training, David? There was a few yeah. players that, you know. Um, so uh, the three lads, McGill... Uh, Jones and Mento, they're not going to be back for, for a number of weeks anyway. We know that. Ladies football fan said, Kells blitz Kuraha, great start for Luke Dempsey. Yeah, um, I'm sure he was absolutely delighted with that. Um, and, you know, <laughs> we talk about Kells all the time, uh, how they go gung-ho and, and, and there's no doubt about it, they'll be going gung-ho for this first cup as well. Um, it's the way they play and... I'm sure Dempsey will be delighted to see uh, the way the Kells have been uh, have, have started off their Fesh Cup campaign. Mm. Uh, Joe McQueenie next in, and he says, Balnebracky nowhere near as far away as it's hyped up to be. But they're not a million miles from Balnebracky. Dumboyne uh, and Balnebracky. Well, who Joseph, said this? Joe McQueenie. Balnebracky nowhere near as far away as it's hyped up to be. Oh, yeah. From Dumboyne, it's not. No. No. Um, but, but like from... Every place else it is. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it, it, Jesus. Like, uh, tell him to come over and drive from St. Colum Kills in Leighton, or tell him to go from Nobber to, 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 to Bracky. Like, yeah. Dunboyne, you go out onto the, the M4, down into Clonard, and um, and hang a left, and you're heading up to Bracky. So, what, 25 minutes, half an hour from Dunboyne? Yeah, max. Um, Sean Kilty closing things out by saying Mead Hurlan and Camogie off to a good start. Certainly a good weekend with the sticks, Mickey, not so much with the round ball though. Yeah, um, I think Slater was round as well, but it went well for the, the sticks. Round, right, round ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, look, um, brilliant. As we said, Camogie's getting a three point victory over Derry, and the Hurler's actually another three point victory over Kildare. And uh, massive games to come for both of them. Mead travelling to Wexford in three weeks' time with the Camogues. And obviously next Sunday, it is uh, Mead welcoming down 
to Park Tolgen. So, um, yeah, massive, massive game. And, yeah, great to see the two wins. Absolutely delighted. And, and hopefully in two weeks' time, um, Mead will get their opening victory of the Football Alliance Football League Division 2. Mickey, leave that saucer down, will you? We're nearly done. You can eat that. <laughs> Come here, Leaske. Did uh, PS Tapes not get involved? Get involved? No, PS Tapes is sure on it is that it's only on weekends where we have no talking points that he'll give us a talking point to talk about. Well, now, in fairness, did, uh, did he not have to um, uh, a few words, choice words to say about the GEA predictions and Cortown's uh, fundraiser, Davy? Uh, not really after the week he had so if he has any choice words I'll just delete him from the predictions because he probably missed the deadline so uh, well, he'd be, here, he'd be well be... advised to keep his mouth shut Nicky you uh, no he did a, he had a good week remember um, yeah, that's what I said here, um, you put it out that closing time was half two or something closing uh, that the GA predictions would close off at half two on, on Saturday but um he went in at 12 o'clock or something on Saturday. No, it he, he wasn't 12 o'clock. He went in at 10 past two and it was closed. So closed 20 minutes before. So do you want to confirm what time does it close at her? It closes just before the first game commences on uh, Saturday. Um, Just before. Just okay. Okay. So uh, there must have been some sort of a glitch then on Saturday for Paddy. Um, Davey, do we have the updated list from the GA predictions for the We Are Mead League? Unfortunately, we don't. Um, And it's... It, it probably won't make as bad a reading for me anyway. I don't know about you, Mickey, but... Uh, you got five points more than me this week, Davey, and you just leapfrog. I'm just me. ahead of you. That's all that matters. Just so. ahead of Yeah, you're just you're just ahead of me. Don't worry. Is, isn't it cast that there's 200 euro in prize money every single week available, but all we want to do is get ahead of each other. <laughs> We're willing to throw our 20 quid for the seven rounds in just to finish ahead of each other. Yeah, I, I could not care less about that 200 euro that's up for grabs. I just want to kick your ass and uh, unfortunately I think we've added it up ourselves and now unless I made a mistake or whatever but it seems that you may have been five points ahead of me Um, we haven't been in contact with anybody else to see theirs but we do know that uh, we know what Paddy Stapleton's PS tapes um selections were and it looks like he may have had a good week as well Davey yeah he's he's gone from strength to strength still five rounds to go so loads of time to claw back but those tables will be emailed to people probably on Monday at some stage um and the winner will be revealed from that so um should be out soon yeah what we'll do is obviously next week um is uh gap week so we'll be able to give a full update of yeah. the GA predictions um me or mead league um on our podcast next weekend but um yeah um maybe maybe it'll be easier to deal with next week david fingers crossed mickey that's all from instant yeah that's all from instant and that's all from us for this episode of your mead we are mead podcast and uh we are mead white man as well